Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One, welcome YouTube. We want to invite you in and thank you for tuning in and listening and watching to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time National Award-winning POET Radio. We're celebrating 10 years on the air. Now, let's go ahead and read off the What We Believe the what we believe, and of course, what we believe is based on what's written in the Bible. So let's go ahead and read off the what we believe, and we're going to go ahead and get right into our lesson, brothers and sisters, all right? And we want to thank you again for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on POET Radio. Now, let's go ahead and get into this lesson tonight, what we believe. Let's see if I can find it. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it. All right, here we go. The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept. Um, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. Again, our motto is, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. Here's what we believe. Number one, we believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute if you use the name Yahshua, um, Yeshua, um, or any of the variations of the name from the Hebrew to the Latin to the Greek to the English. We have no dispute with that, but we prefer to use the English version of the name, although you may hear me say Yeshua from time to time, because our people and our listeners that watch this show speak English, right? Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. That's your seventh day of the week. Okay. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord and that they must be kept and honored according to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And we just come off the day of Pentecost, right? Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread through um, the four corners of the world through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and all the statutes, laws and the commandments apply to us. We are the original Christians, brothers and sisters. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our ability. Right. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not steal. We still believe that you can't kill and we believe that you can't steal according to the law. And if you do those things, then sin is committed because the Bible gives this definition of sin as breaking of the law. So if there was no law, how could there still be sin? Because sin is the breaking of the law. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law. 
According to the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter, no pork, no shrimp, no lobster, no snail, no catfish. And anything that's deemed unpermissible in Leviticus, the 11th chapter, anything that you eat that lives in the waters must have both fins and scales. If it doesn't have both fins and scales, according to the Bible, it is an abomination. We are not supposed to eat those things. Right. No shrimp. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be, must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament Christian or a New Testament scholar. You must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. The Romans gave the world Sunday as the day of worship. Sunday is the first day of the week. All right. What do you call hump day? That's Wednesday. Why would Wednesday be the hump day? Because the hump is in the middle, right? What three days are before Wednesday and what three days are after Wednesday? What are three days that are before Wednesday? It's Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday because Sunday is the first day of the week. The three days that's after Wednesday is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because Saturday is the seventh day or the Sabbath day of the week. But the Romans through Constantine changed that. We don't believe in crosses or images or anything that pertains to religion as a religious symbol because the Lord says, make no images of anything in heaven, on earth, or under the earth. Don't make any images, the Lord said. Worship me in spirit and in truth, which is what the Lord said. We don't believe in any holidays that originated in the celebration of other gods. So this is why we don't celebrate New Year's Eve, brothers and sisters, because there was a god named Janus, right? Look it up. There was a god named Janus. This was the God that January was named after Janus, January. He has two heads, one looking towards the past, one looking towards the future. So somebody amongst the Romans or the Gentiles said, we're going to change the beginning of the year from March. When spring comes in a new season to January, the 11th month of the year. Why do you say January is the 11th month of the year? Because any word that begins with D-E-C means 10. How many years is a decade? 10. What's the first three letters of decade? D-E-C. Decimal point is rounding to the nearest 10th. What's the first three letters of decimal? D-E-C. A decathlon, which represents 10 races. How? What the, what's the first three letters of decathlon? D-E-C. What's the first three letters of December? D-E-C means 10. October, what's the first three letters? O-C-T, any word that begins with O-C-T means eight. Octopus, eight tentacles. Octagon, eight sides. October, the eighth month of the year. So October is eight. Nove is nine. December is 10. January is the 11th month of the year. Then you got February, the 12th month. Then you got March. Oh, yeah, now you're getting, now you're getting what we're saying. Springtime, March, beginning of God's new year. So, yes, we don't believe in Christmas or Easter or New Year's because if you research those holidays, these holidays were originated or created 
to give worship to the gods of those seasons, brothers and sisters. So with that being said, brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and close this thing out. Um, number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people. It don't matter what race, color, or nationality you belong to. Uh, Revelation 79 said, I saw a number that no man could count of every tongue and every nation and every people. All right. So we believe that through Jesus, salvation is for anyone who wants to come and accepts him. So before we start our lesson, brothers and sisters, if there's any gentlemen out there or men that have a hat on, we ask that you remove it at this time. Any sisters out there, if you have a scarf or um, something that that you can put over your head, we ask that you do that at this time, because in accordance with the Bible, these are the ordinances that a woman must wear a head covering. First Corinthians 11 chapter verses three through six. I know this is foreign to some of you all, and you've never heard these things before, but that's why this is a Bible class, because we are teaching you what thus saith the Lord according to the Bible and showing you where you can actually go and find it at. Now let's get into our lesson tonight. The Father's Day, the coming of the Father. Now, the whole ministry of Jesus was to set our minds on the coming of the Father. That was his whole ministry. He didn't come to speak of himself. He spoke of one who sent him. He said, the words that I speak are my father's words. So he pointed us to one that was greater than himself for three and a half years. Jesus taught and preached the gospel, which is the coming of the kingdom of God. So who told you that in order to get in the kingdom of God, that you had to leave this earth and go up there? Jesus didn't tell you that because he preached about the coming of the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. I know it's strange. I know you haven't heard this, some of you all who are listening for the first time. I understand that. But we can prove our ministry, brothers and sisters. We can prove this ministry right here because this is a Bible-based ministry. Biblical Christianity is unpopular. But popular Christianity is unbiblical. So that's the way we're doing it. So let's go ahead and get this thing started, brothers and sisters. I say it again. The gospel of Jesus Christ was the preaching of the coming of the kingdom of God. In this lesson, we will take a close look at the real Father's Day. Okay? When the Father comes down to live with us here on this earth. Let's go to Matthew 6, 5 through 9. Who is the Father and where is the Father? First, we must identify the Father through the word of Jesus, because see, Satan is a father too. And that's why when Jesus taught us how to pray, he specifically wanted us to identify which father he was speaking of. So we're going to go ahead and get in our Bibles and turn our Bibles to Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses five through nine. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses five through nine. Who is the father? Where is the father? And where will he be? Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses five through nine. Now, and when you pray, you should not be as one of the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues or churches 
and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into thy closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain reputations as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Isn't that beautiful that we got a daddy that know what we need before we ask him for it? Do you believe that? Now, let's go ahead and get through this Lord's Prayer, brothers and sisters, and find out what the Lord's Prayer say. And we're going to look at this very, we're going to scrutinize this. All right. So we're going to go verses nine through. Uh, hmm, let's see. Let's just read 9 and 10 for the sake of this lesson tonight. The coming of the Father, the real Father's Day. Let's just read 9 and 10. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. So you know you can't be talking about Satan, who is also a father, because he is no longer in heaven. He was kicked out. But Jesus says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come and your will be done as it is in heaven, on earth, in earth, as it is in heaven. So here it is. Jesus said it. I could stop the lesson right here. You've been reading this all this time and pay no attention that Jesus was saying that the father's kingdom, his house, his tabernacle coming down here to this earth. Well, if I'm sending my house where I live, then where do you think I'm going? I'm going to go where my house is, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and continue this lesson. Let's go to John um, 3.16. John 3.16. Again, there are many fathers, brothers and sisters. However, let's look at the identity of <clears throat> of God the Father. The first thing we learn about the Father is his love for us. John 3 and 16. John 3 and 16. Now, when we read this, brothers and sisters, let's read with understanding. This is one of the most popular scriptures that they use in the Bible at the sports games. Let's read it with understanding, though. Base it on our lesson tonight. The real Father's Day, the coming of the Father. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, let's read that with understanding. Because God does not love this world. This is Satan's world right here. Now, he loved those of his, which is in Satan's world. But he has a world also. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So again, brothers and sisters, we're living in Satan's world. 
But this is declaring that there is a world that God loves. Now, some translators say that, well, he means people, the people that's in this world. He calls the people the world. Well, I disagree. I just read what it says. And it says, for God so loved the world. The is the definite article. Right? So if you use the term preachers or pastors or kings or queens, that would denote that there are several of them and that there are many of them. But when you put the definite article, the, in front of it, then you're specifi specifying one particular one out of all of those that there may be. So for God so loved the world. Angels are holy and they are spirits. So they are called holy spirits. But when it says that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost bears record in heaven with the Father and the Son, then out of the many Holy Ghost or Holy Spirits that there are, there is only one out of them. Because that definite article, the, is in front of the title. So what was this world that God loved so much? Brothers and sisters, let's read about it. Let's go ahead and continue and work on it, brothers and sisters. Now, for the sake of time, we want to move forward, Sister Key Israel. Let's go to the book of Revelations, the eighth chapter. Now, this scripture shows that once Adam sinned, that that marked the death of Jesus. Again, after Adam sinned, that marked the death of Jesus. The animal coats of skin that were made to cover the private parts of both Adam and Eve were only a sign leading because when sin is committed, blood has to be shed. So the first blood that was shed in God's kingdom was that of an animal, which God used to take the skin or the coat of it to cover both Adam and Eve in the garden. Because remember, they used fig leaves at first to cover themselves. You could read that, brothers and sisters, in the book of Genesis, the third chapter. You could read that. But God said, I'm going to give you coats of skin. Skin comes from animal. That was the first animal sacrifice, Brother Malachi, as Brother Malachi says. But that was leading up to the sacrifice of Jesus, brothers and sisters. That was leading to the sacrifice of Jesus, that animal sacrifice. Because animal blood could not take away sin. But the blood of Jesus could take away sin. Let's go to Revelations, the eighth chapter. Revelations, the eighth chapter. <clears throat> and we're going to read one verse. 13, Revelations, the eighth chapter. Verse 13. And it reads. And I beheld. And heard an angel flying through the mist of heaven. Saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the three angels, which are yet to sound. So why would a trumpet be sound? And what happens at the last trump, brothers and sisters? What happens at the last trump? The last trump symbols 
the coming of Jesus, brothers and sisters. The last trump symbols the coming of Jesus. So these trumpets must sound. They have to be sounded, brothers and sisters. So let's go to Revelations 13 and 8. 13 and 8. But before Jesus could come back to this earth, remember, he had to be killed. He had to be buried for three days and three nights. He had to be resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father. All those things had to, be, had to happen first before he could even come back. So let's read Revelations 13 and 8 and see what happened and what marked the future or the destiny of Jesus. All the way in the garden. Jesus's destiny was marked all the way in the garden. And let's find out. Revelations 13 and 8. It says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Talking about Satan, brothers and sisters. And his man of sin that he's going to place in the holy place. And all that dwell on the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written of the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. When Adam sinned, that marked the death of Jesus, brothers and sisters. As a sin offering, again, the death of Jesus as a sin offering. Now, the confusion comes in because people get confused between the father and the son. Both of them share the title of God. The son is called a God and the father is called a God. The son is called Lord and the father is called Lord. The son has a kingdom for a thousand years that precedes the father's kingdom. The son has a throne and the father has a throne. So this is where the confusion comes in, brothers and sisters. Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. He is the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's who Jesus is. He just didn't go by the name Jesus when he was dealing with Moses as Jehovah, when he was dealing with Abraham as Lord God. I am that I am. He just wasn't going by the name Jesus, brothers and sisters, at that time. Melchizedek, which is another name he went by. But Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. Jesus is the only God that flesh and blood man has ever dealt with directly. I'm going to say that again. Jesus, Yahshua, is the only God that man has ever dealt with directly and he is a father to us did you hear what i said the, the you see how the the words change the meaning he is a father to us but he's not the father we're going to read about the father the one that jesus spoke about Then we can learn about the real Father's Day, the coming of the Father. 
Now, let's go ahead to John, the first chapter. John, the first chapter. The father does not deal with imperfection, with flesh and blood. That's the son's job to deal with us. The father gave Jesus permission to create us. To create life form. And everything that exists on this earth was created by Jesus or the son of God with the permission of the father. And let's read about it. Don't take my word for it. Let's read about it. Now, one thing that we teach here on the Bible class truth hour is that we must establish a subject matter when we're reading a chapter. Again, we must establish a subject matter when we're reading a chapter. So let's go to John, the first chapter and establish what the subject matter of John, the first chapter is. John, the first chapter. And we can start this thing off at verse one. John one and one. And if you have your Bibles and you can't keep us and not keep up with us and navigate through the pages real quick, don't worry about it because Sister Key Israel is putting it in the comment section. So we're going to go John chapter one, verses one through three. Again, John chapter one, verses one through three. And let's read what it says. In the beginning was the word. Let's stop right there. Listen, class. The word is the subject matter of this chapter. And if we read about anybody else in this chapter, it's only going to be relative to their association to the word, which is our subject matter. Now, the word, anytime you read about a personal pronoun, him, he, um, the same, it's all pertaining to the subject, which is the word. So you can... You can interject. You can change. When it says all things were made by him, you can say all things were made by the word because that's our subject. So let's start at verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Also, the word was with somebody. In the beginning, we only read about two being there. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. So now the word has a title. The word, which is the son, has a title, and that title is God. So there are two that go by that title. Let's read it again. I'm going to slow it down, and I want you to keep up with us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Let's continue reading about the word, okay? Because that's our subject matter. The same, talking about the word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Who is him? The word. Our subject matter of this chapter. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So all these little animals that you see running around. These human beings, this grass that comes out of the ground, the leaves that comes out of the trees, the trees that grow roots out of the ground. All these things were made by 
the son of God, brothers and sisters, the God of Israel, the only God that man has ever known. Right. Let's go down to verse 10. And it says he was in the world. Oh, wait a minute. Now, he remember the personal pronoun refers to the subject of this chapter, the word. He or the word was in the world. We know that the father ain't never came in this world. So it got to be talking about the son. He was in the world and the world was made by him. So who made this world? Jesus made it. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Last verse. And the word that God called the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So, brothers and sisters, Jesus was God's representative here on this earth. So Jesus, who was sent by the Father, came himself to prepare us for the coming of the Father. Father's Day, the real Father's Day. The Son taught us what the will of his Father our father was. Do you know what the will of God is? If you had to answer that question right now, based on your knowledge of the word of God, what would be your answer to that question? What is the will of God, brothers and sisters? Let me read to you what the Bible says. And I just read this at a funeral that I spoke at a couple of weeks ago, because we need to know what the will of the Father is, right? Now, this goes into our lesson for today, brothers and sisters. And it deals with the misnomer or the misteachings that when we die, we go up there. When all the time, we're waiting on Jesus, brothers and sisters, to come to resurrect us so that we can rule and reign with him over this earth, on this earth. As the Bible says, he's going to reign from the throne of David. David ain't never had no throne in heaven. His throne was on this earth in Israel, brothers and sisters. So that's where Jesus is going to reign from. But let's go ahead and read what the Father's will is. John 6, and we're going to start this thing off, Sister Key Israel, um, from 38 through 40. John, the sixth chapter, verses 38 through 40. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. 
So when do we get raised? At the last day. When is the last day? The coming of Jesus. Because he said he was going to be the one that raised us up again at the last day. Okay? Again, and this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. Verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. So you don't get raised up as soon as you die, brothers and sisters. You get raised up. At the last day, which is the return of Jesus. And that's if you qualify to be in what Revelations, the 20th chapter, verse 5, calls the first resurrection. Revelations 20 and 5 calls the first resurrection. It is designated for an elite group of people, brothers and sisters, that kept the statues, the laws, and the commandments of God. Now, there is a series of events that take place before the Father can come down. Let's go to Revelations, the 20th chapter. Revelations, the 20th chapter, and read about some of those things that have to happen before the Father can come. Revelations, the 20th chapter. Let's read about the series of events that must take place before the Father comes. Now, we just read that Jesus said, I'm going to raise him up again at the last day, right? Let's read about that day, that day when Jesus comes back. But here's some things that have to happen before that last day can come. And you tell me if these things have happened yet, right? Since we like to think that our loved ones are already with God. Because somebody taught them that absent from the body means present with the Lord. Absent from the body means that the day you give up your last breath. That's not being absent from the body. Absent from the body, brothers and sisters, is the day that you're resurrected. But let's read about some of the things that have to happen before Jesus comes back. Revelations 20 and 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on that dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Now, now we know what the serpent in the garden was when it said Eve spoke to a snake, how people like to say that. That snake was nobody but Satan. I'm going to read that again. That old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into a bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should not deceive the nations no more. Are the nations still being deceived? Yeah, we got United Nations going on right now, the G7. And they just lie into each other. The nations are being deceived. So that means that Satan is not shut up yet. He's not put into a bottomless pit yet. But that has to happen before Jesus comes back. See, when Satan is put away, we're going to have a thousand years of peace. We're not going to know war. 
We're not going to know COVID-19. We're not going to know all these things that we see going on in the world today. Jesus ain't having it. So if these things are still going on and they still exist, then Satan is still here. So we know Jesus ain't came back yet, brothers and sisters. But when he do comes back, let's look at what happens. Verse four, Revelations 24. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them which were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. So people that died and stood on their square and was willing to give their life for Jesus. These are the people that John saw. And what were these people doing? I'm going to show you in a minute. Now, that was one group of people. Let's read about the other group of people because these people will be here when Jesus comes back, right? So again, he saw the souls of them that were beheaded, which means that they're already dead. But the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received the mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. That ain't happened yet. Being made to receive a mark. That ain't happened yet, brothers and sisters. So there's a group of people who are already dead and buried or burned, which is ashes now, cremated. And we got another group of people who are still here, yet alive. Maybe some ain't even born yet. And these people won't take the mark. But those people can bind with those people. Let's look at what the Bible says of them. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So when Jesus comes back, that's your first resurrection. Right. And for those who are here that live in Christ, they're going to be changed. In a moment, in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye. But what about the people who don't make it in the first resurrection? Right? Maybe they were good people. Like our grandmas were, but just didn't know. The statute laws and the commandments of God, they were good people. But they went to church on Sunday instead of Saturday. They were good people. But they ate pork and catfish and shrimp and lobster. They were good people, but they celebrated Christmas. They were good people, but they went Easter egg hunting and put all that stuff in their yard. They were good people, but they just didn't line up, brothers and sisters, with the statutes, laws, and commandments of God. What about them? Verse 5, Revelations 20 and 5. But the rest of the dead, but the rest of the dead, Live not again until the thousand years were finished. Why? Because this, when Jesus comes back, is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy, at verse 6, is he that have part in the first resurrection on such the second death has no power. Why don't the second death have no power? Because the second death or the second resurrection is the great white throne judgment. If you're in the first resurrection, you ain't got to be judged. It has no power over you. But if you are in the first resurrection, it says in verse six, they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him. A thousand years. You're going to be rulers. You're going to judge over those. 
Well, in the second resurrection, brothers and sisters, I'm going to judge angels. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go ahead and keep moving forward. Let's go to Revelations, the 21st chapter. Revelations, the 21st chapter. Verses one through three. Let's read about the coming of the father after Jesus's thousand year reign after the great white throne judgment after those who did not make the uh, uh, or pass the judgment and thought they are thrown in the lake of fire after all of that brothers and sisters when Jesus has put every enemy under his feet and the last enemy shall be death how do you put death under your feet, Jesus? You put death under your feet by removing flesh and blood. So we will no longer be flesh and blood, brothers and sisters. God gave you a sign. When he told Abraham to cut the foreskin off of the male penis and circumcise him. The removal of the flesh or the eighth Day, brothers and sisters. The removal of the flesh represents eternal life. It is a covenant, brothers and sisters. It is a promise, brothers and sisters. So the way you remove death is you remove this flesh and blood body. And that's why when we are resurrected, we're not resurrected in the flesh and blood body. We're resurrected in a spiritual body. The same body that Jesus had when he was resurrected. Yeah, he looked like himself. He had the image of his fleshly self, but the body was made up of something totally different. You could kill Jesus in the flesh and blood body, but you can't kill him in the spiritual body. Spirits don't die. And that's why the lake of fire had to be created for those angels a place of eternal damnation, brothers and sisters. I think that we should read that real quick, Sister Key Israel. We got, we got time to read that real quick. Let's stay in Revelation, the 20th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 11, and we're going to go through uh, 15, right? Now, this is the second resurrection. Remember, at verse 6, it says, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Well, a thousand years after Jesus comes back, right? After he has his reign for a thousand years, now we're getting into the great white throne judgment, right? The beast and the false prophet, they already gone into the lake of fire. Now is our turn, brothers and sisters, to be judged. Those of us who didn't make it in the first resurrection, Verse 11, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. Uh oh, here's the dead. Remember the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished at verse six. Now we're six verses ahead at verse 12. And it says, I saw the dead small and great stand before God. You know, when you're in a courtroom and you stand before that judge, 
Why are you standing before God? Because you're being judged. And the books were open. What books? The 66 books of this Bible. Genesis through Revelations, which is what you're going to be judged based on, brothers and sisters. That's why don't you let nobody tell you that you ain't got to read the book of Genesis through Malachi. Oh, you could just start in the New Testament. From the book of Matthew and then go to revelate. No, brothers and sisters, because you're going to be judged by what's in this book. It says, and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. This book keeps a record of our acts here on earth. And we pray that our good acts outweigh our bad acts. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. In the books. We were judged by those things which were written in the books. According to our works. According to what we did, brothers and sisters. You're going to be judged based on what you did, not what you thought. Oh, God knows my mind and my heart. He knows what I think. He knows that I want to be a good person. You're not going to be judged on what you want to, what you want to be or your thoughts. You're going to be judged on your works. It just read it right here. Let's go to verse 13 and see where it doubled down on what we just read in verse 12. And the sea gave up the dead, <clears throat> which were in it. Thousands of our ancestors jumped overboard off the slave ship and said, I'd rather be dead in the sea than to go to the new world as a slave. And the dead gave up. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Death and hell is the grave. So you got the sea and you got the earth. Both gave up the dead which were in them. And then they were judged, every man, according to their works. So you see how one group of dead people are raised when Jesus comes back? But the rest of the dead is not raised into a thousand years after Jesus, after his reign. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell, that's the grave, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life were cast. In the lake of fire. The book of life. Better pray that our name is in it, brothers and sisters. Because if our name is not in it, we're going to be cast into the lake of fire. We got um, a few more minutes, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Revelations 21, 1 through 3. Let's get to the Father coming now. Jesus has done everything that he was supposed to do. He defeated all enemies. Defeated Satan, the Antichrist. He defeated sin. And the last enemy that he was supposed to defeat was death. 
So when we were resurrected and changed, brothers and sisters, and threw off this old flesh and blood body, which we're no longer going to have, because why? Flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You can't get into the kingdom of God in this body. You got to be given another body. You got to be resurrected or changed, brothers and sisters. So now since we've been changed and resurrected, where are we going to live forever? So forever shall we be with the Lord. So now it's us and Jesus. Where are we going to live? Whose kingdom are we going to live in? Remember, Jesus said, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Didn't Jesus say, I go to prepare a place for you? Well, let's read about this kingdom and let's read about the father and let's find out what both the father and the kingdom is going to be. Revelations 21 and one through three. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city. Uh-oh. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. So what's up there that we desire so much to be with is coming down here. Revelations 21 and 2, again. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who prepared it? Did not Jesus say, I go to prepare a place for you? So the kingdom is here. It's coming down from God out of heaven. The only thing that's under heaven is this earth. So the holy city, New Jerusalem, the house of God is here now. So that only leaves God himself left. The father, Jesus is father. Now, where is he going to be since his house is down here on this earth? Where is he going to be? Let's read it. Revelations 21 and 3. Remember, we've been taught that when we die, we go to heaven. But here we're reading something totally different in Revelations 21. It says that the house of God, the holy city, New Jerusalem, will be coming down from God out of heaven. But let's find out what God is going to be. Revelations 21 and 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, look, the tabernacle or house of God is with men. Where do men live at? On this earth. Although when we get our new bodies, we're not going to be men anymore. But just a point of reference to let you know that that tabernacle of God is going to be with us on this earth. And he, talking about the father, will live with them. Well, wait a minute. I thought we were going to live with the father. But this is saying that the father is coming to live with us. Let's read it again. 
and he will live with them, talking about us. And they shall be his people, talking about us. We're going to be God's people, and God himself shall be with them, meaning us, and be our God. This is the real Father's Day, brothers and sisters. So yes, this weekend, honor your father. Every day, honor your father. Every day, honor your mother. But let's honor the father, the God of heaven. And let's prepare for his coming, brothers and sisters. And let's prepare to be in his kingdom so that we can say, Absent from the body, present with the Lord. We can truthfully say that. And then we can truthfully say that we are saved, ED, which means past tense. Because once we step foot in that holy city, New Jerusalem, then we can say that we are saved, ED. Until that moment and until that point, we can work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But we can't stop. How many people thought that they were saved and then backslid and fell off the path? See, you ain't saved until you can't backslide no more. And you can't fall off the path no more. As long as you're in this flesh and blood body, you can never be saved. You can only work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I know what we learned in the church. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. All catchphrases, brothers and sisters. So, brothers and sisters, we just wanted to do a lesson today on the real Father's Day. We will go into this lesson a little bit more in depth when we deal with the Lord's Holy Day, the eighth day, which also represents the Father's Day. We will break that down a little bit more as that Holy Feast Day comes about um, towards the end of the year in the month of September. But we just wanted to celebrate with you tonight, brothers and sisters. We wanted to celebrate the coming of Father's Day. So as you honor the fathers who are worthy of being honored this Sunday, I want you to keep in mind our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be his name. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to thank you so much for um, tuning in and listening and watching to tonight's broadcast, brothers and sisters. If you are on YouTube and you are watching, please go to Facebook and subscribe or like our Facebook group page, which is the Truth Hour Bible Class. If you are on Facebook, then please go and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. All right. It should be popping up in your comment section right now. If you would like to be added to our text message invite 
reminder list. Then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to this number right here. 312-719-7310. 312-719-7310. That's if you like a reminder when Tuesday come around. And you look at your phone and you got that text. Oh, man, the Bible class truth hour is about to come on air right now. Okay, so text us. We'll lock you in and you'll get a notification right before we go on air. Next week's lesson is going to be suffering. Is a part of life again, suffering is a part of life. We're going to deal with that because we're suffering every day. I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm reading about this person's mother died and that person's father died. And this person is in the hospital because of cancer. And this person is sick. And this person is going through some marital problems and problems on their job and they unemployed and suffering, brothers and sisters. Is a part of life. It's a part of life. So again, Truth Hour TV, brothers and sisters, on YouTube, Truth Hour TV. On YouTube, that's how you go to YouTube and subscribe to us, Truth Hour TV. Um, I just left the brother messenger uh, that you should bring it up. Um, he was just sworn in today. I thought it was last week, but he was just sworn in today uh, for the new commissioner of the Dalton <clears throat> of the Dalton Park District, brothers and sisters. So um, he couldn't be um, here with us uh, tonight, but I am proud of that brother and I definitely, and that's why we went on a little bit late because I was there, uh, I was there recording him being um, sworn in, brothers and sisters. So yes, uh, um, maybe I could show you a little bit of that. Yeah, here you go. So uh, I just left him and I recorded it for him. And again, that's why we went on um, like an hour late. I uh, wanted to support my brother and be there for him. But I also wanted to honor my commitment um, to God and the Truth Hour ministry to be here before you and deliver this message tonight. I want to thank um, everybody on Team Truth Hour um, for being here and support. Um, of this ministry. I want to thank Sister Key Israel, the sister who puts all the scriptures in the comment section. And if you would like to become a member of Team Truth Hour, which is um, an online ministry, it doesn't replace where you physically go to church and worship. Um, uh, it doesn't take the place of that. This is an addition to that. If you'd like to become a part of our online ministry, we could use your help sharing this word, getting it in these groups, uh, tagging people, inviting people on. We could definitely use 
your help, brothers and sisters. So if you would like to be a part of Team Truth Hour, then Team Truth Hour members at this time, please put um, Team Truth Hour in the comment section. And then you can get in contact with me and any member of Team Truth Hour. With that being said, I think that that's all we have. Um, remember the T-shirts that we have that we are selling. Um, unbiblical Christianity is popular and popular Christianity is unbiblical. Remember that. Uh, remember um, the new album that your brother Black Ice has out. Um, we love your support on that. And remember the map the map of the family tree of the children of Israel all the way from Adam to the transatlantic slave trade and is based on biblical research and scripture, brothers and sisters. With that being said, it is 9.30. We hit that one hour mark exactly. Let's stand up and face Jerusalem and pray out. And then as soon as this lesson is over, give it about 20 minutes and it will be on YouTube. So for those who don't have Facebook, you can share with them the video link from YouTube and they can still watch it. All right. So let's stand up and face Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, we come before you this evening and we say thank you, Father God. You have been giving us so many blessings, Father God, even in the midst of a pandemic. We are still blessed, Father God, even though we've been going through problems with our marriages and in our homes and with our finances, Father God, we are still blessed, Father God. Anytime that we can wake up in the, in the morning and stand on our own two feet and breathe air in our lungs, Father God, or have food on our table or clothes on our back, Father God, we are blessed, Father God, and we thank you for those many blessings, Father God. We ask that you use us to make your will be done, Father God, to help us share this word and expose this word to people that may not be aware of it, Father God. Give us a gentle, humbling spirit, Father God, because at one point in time in our lives that we didn't know this word and we were not where we are today, Father God. So let us not forget. Let us remember when we were struggling and we thought that we knew the truth and didn't have it at all, Father God. We ask again that everybody watching and listening was edified and that you were glorified with today's lesson. We ask these things to your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, and we're going to close out. We're going to say good night to um, those who were watching and listening via Poet Radio and via YouTube. We thank you so much. And we're going to close this thing out with um, something on the upcoming New Truth Hour album, brothers and sisters. The upcoming New Truth Hour album. Look, look for it. You want to know why we're going through what we're going through today? Just read Deuteronomy 28. God said, if you listen to me and do all that I command you this day, you'll be blessed. But if you fail to listen, you're going to be under curse. It's the curse of the curse. You know how the truth works. Drink from this fountain, you will never have a thirst. In the spirit, you says God chose us first. We'll be through it all away. Now we're living in the curse. It's the curse of the curse. We know how the truth works. Drink from this fountain, you will never have a thirst. In the spirit, you says God chose us first. We'll be through it all away. Now we're living in the curse. Let's start at Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. 
and let's try to figure out why the dream never came true for Martin Luther King. Our people and our nation had a relationship with God first, but we turned our backs against his commandments and his word, and now we're living in a curse. Since 70 AD, we've been stripped of our identity, sold in slavery, robbed and spoiled, spread throughout the world on ships by way of sea. Our American history is filled with misery. From 1619 to 1863, and even after we were supposedly free, what was done to us, there's no defense. Our identities have been changed from Israelite to color to Negro, to black to African American. No one to come deliver us. We had no heroes. And instead of being killed by the clan and white sheep, today we're being killed by racist police. We had it hard here since birth. All because of our disobedience. And according to Deuteronomy 28, 13 to 68, we're under a curse. The curse of the first. You know how the truth hurts. Truth of this route and you will never ever thirst. In the spirit, truth says God chose us first. But we threw it all away. Now we're living in the curse. It's the curse of the first. You know how the truth hurts. Okay, everybody, until next Tuesday. Peace and blessings in Jesus' name. Good night.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.